praise you, Jesus. Lord, we just declare tonight that you are Lord of our lives, not just the Lord of heaven and earth. You're the Lord of our lives. Lord, we make that declaration right now. We declare it, Lord, that you're Lord over our lives. Everybody just say that. Everybody say, you're Lord over my life. Come on, just say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Just tell him that over and over again and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You're Lord over my life. You're Lord over the affairs of my life. You are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. We worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. Because we take full confidence tonight to know, Lord, that you are taking care of all affairs of our lives. Lord, we believe in your divine providence over our lives. That, Lord, your hand is upon us, guiding us and leading us. And we worship you tonight. We praise you for it tonight, Lord. Lord, we declare that we're not going to walk in fear. Lord, fear is not of you. Faith is of you. Lord, we speak over our lives. We speak over our bodies. We speak over our minds. We just declare healing over our lives right now in Jesus' name. Sickness and disease has no place within our bodies. Lord, tonight we submit to the will of God. Jesus, you said the will of God is for us to be healed. So, Lord, we submit to it. We thank you for We thank you for showing us and, and opening our eyes and understanding and enlightening us in all affairs of our life. Lord, the places where we're walking in the wrong way and the, even the places we're walking in the right way. Lord, like Jacob, when he wrestled with you, Lord, we declare tonight, we don't want to wrestle to you. We want to surrender to you. We surrender our lives. We lay them on the altar, Lord, and make it a living sacrifice for you. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We praise you. Now, Lord, tonight as a congregation, we stand in agreement over this nation, that this nation is not going to be ruled by fear. This nation is going to be ruled by faith. It is going to be a nation who declares in God we trust. That we're going to walk and see revival come into this land. Hearts turning to you, Lord. People that have been in, in, in delusions. People, Lord God, that have been in darkness. That that darkness is going to lift and they're going to see you and behold you, Jesus, for who you are. The amazing, loving, wonderful God that you are. And Lord, they're going to turn their hearts to you. And they're going to, they're going to see the life of God come within them. Lord, I declare people right now that are running so hard the wrong direction are just going to get turned around in Jesus' name for you. I declare this nation is going to see revival. Hearts will be turned in Jesus' name. Lord, I declare tonight people that are worried. I can't get off this, Lord. People that are worried, people that are in fear will grab hold of Matthew chapter 6, Lord, and take no thought about what's going on. Take no thought, Lord God, except the thought to live for the kingdom of God. 
to live for you. And that joy and peace will rule in hearts. Joy and peace will rule in the hearts of man. Now, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you that you are the, God, the great God who rules over all. And we stand here tonight and we worship you. We worship you, O oh Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way for us. We love you. We praise you this night, Lord. We love you and we praise you this night, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, you're so amazing. Look at somebody tonight and say, You are so, God is so amazing. Those of you watching at home, just turn to that person around you and say, God is so amazing. Man, I am so glad I'm in the kingdom of God. I'm so glad he didn't leave me out in the middle of the pig pen of life. Woo! Praise God forevermore. Amen? Well, praise God. I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm so glad y'all are tuned in and watching tonight. You know, I, I want to encourage everybody out there listening and watching. Man, God is going to bless you there tonight. He's, he, you know, you're, you, need to, you need to just keep tuning in. You need to keep listening to what's going on. Uh, if, if you're, you know, really not been a part of Living Waters Church, but you've tuned in, we're so glad you're out there in the broadcast audience and the listening audience. Because, man, I'm telling you, God's doing a new thing. And it's going to get better and better and better and better. Amen? So praise God. So I, I pray everybody loved last Wednesday's message. Can I have an amen better than that? I, I pray that maybe uh, the Lord challenged you on a few areas of your life. And maybe, maybe you did a little more this week than you've been doing. If you haven't, you're going to get there. Amen? You know... Uh, but there was a lot of good things that Dr. Brown said last week because, see, I believe within all of my heart that I can lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and pray over you until your hair falls out. But if we don't change some of the ways that we're doing, that we're going to continue to remain in, in sickness. And I believe that our bodies are the temple of the living God. I believe that we need to be healthy. I, 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 I am striving to be healthier than I've ever been. I've been, I, everything that Dr. Brown is preaching, uh, I have been going down that road. I cannot say that I'm 100% on the road all the time. <laughs> sometimes I deviate. Sometimes I come into the rest stop. Sometimes I go to the, you know, the quick stop. And I shouldn't. And I do. And I get back up. But I keep going because I have a goal out there. My goal is, is I don't want to live on the face of this earth as long as Jesus has for me. I want everybody to know that when I go home to be with the Lord, everybody can say, Robert finished his, his ministry. And he did it with joy. Amen? And I'm not always there. Sometimes I'm trudging through the mud and the muck of life. I don't really have much joy. And I have to turn to the Lord and say, this is not what you call me to do. What do I have to do to adjust and change? And so I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to get more knowledge so that I can walk better for him. Amen. And so Dr. Brown's going to come up tonight and, and share with us some the, the other two points. He gave us two great points last week uh, about health and nutrition. And you can go back and you can look at those about exercise and nutrition. 
and they're on the website, they're on the podcast. You can go in there. Then tonight's message is going to be there. You can go and review these things. I even went back and watched it because you were talking about the spleen. And so, you know, like I'm the kind of person that likes to have faith in things. So I'm like telling my organs to function like they're supposed to function, right? But I've never seen my organs, right? I I, I, kind of, I mean, all of us, you know, from gutting a deer, you kind of look at things and, and, but I don't know what mine looks like. And so you're talking about your spleen and it is releasing all the little warriors going there. So I was walking this week and I said, okay, spleen, do what you're supposed to do. I was shocked. I don't know why I was thinking like your spleen was a pretty good sized critter. And then I went and looked at it and it's not really all that big. It, it really wasn't that impressive. I was thinking a big slab of meat inside of me, you know, but anyway, so I learned, I learned. So I was, I was commanding my spleen. I was walking this week saying, okay, spleen, turn loose to those little warriors. I don't know what y'all boys are doing, but get out there and get them done. Amen. Amen. And so it's all these things. So come on up tonight, Dr. Brown, and uh, share with us the other two points. Well, praise the Lord. Um, it's great to be here with everybody again and everybody out watching. Uh, I want to review a little bit about what we did last week. I started with a couple of scripture verses. Uh, the first one was in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 and 20. And it talked about the fact that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit within us and that we are not our own. We were bought with a price, the price of Jesus' blood. And therefore, we need to glorify Him in our body. And then I went to Romans 12.1 that said that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. So it's just a reasonable service uh, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And then I went on and talked about um, the first two pillars of, uh, of health. And the very first one was diet and nutrition. And then the second one was exercise. And so tonight we're going to look at the other two. And we're going to start with another verse, and that is Romans 12.2. So Romans 12.2 is like a corollary verse to the Romans 12.1 that says, present your body as a living sacrifice. And now verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so the, the word conformed, the Greek word for conformed, uh, for those of you that really want to know what that Greek word is, it's suskematizo, and it, and it means to fashion one's mind and character according to another's pattern. And so in this specific verse, it's saying we're going, the world is going to uh, conform us, to fashion us into its pattern. The Phillips translation I really like, and it says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. There's another verse I really like. It's First uh, Peter 2.11 and says, Beloved, I, I beseech you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. So church, we're in a war. 
There's a war against our soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And the world wants to squeeze us into a mold that will fashion us. You know, a lot of you say, oh yeah, so I watched those ads and now I'm going to be fashionable. But, but we don't want that kind of fashion. We want to be conformed to the image of Christ. We are being transformed into His image from one degree of glory to another. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And so all of those, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is what the world wants to take and wants to squeeze us into its own mold. And that squeezing is called stress. And that's the number three pillar that I'm going to talk about tonight, is how do we manage stress? Let me talk a little bit about stress. Um, stress is actually good for us, a certain amount of stress. And by analogy, I'll use what, what we talked about last week, exercise. So when we exercise our body, when we go out and we walk a mile, uh, we are actually increasing our aerobic capacity uh, to be uh, able to exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide more efficiently. If we go out and walk two miles, we'll be even more fit. If we go out and walk three miles, we'll be even further fit. And so we're increasing aerobic capacity. And by doing that walking, we are actually putting our body under a certain amount of stress. And you can actually plot stress against performance, and you'll see that your performance actually improves as the stress increases to a point. If you go out and get some weights and you start doing some biceps curls, you're going to increase the mass of your muscle and the strength of your muscle. If you increase the weight and you add a number of reps, your muscles are going to get even stronger and they're going to get bigger. And that's stressing your muscle. Your muscle grows and you become stronger. However, there's a peak. The stress will peak. And if you go beyond that peak and, and, and add more and more and more stress to your body, so if you add more and more weight, more and more reps, and you go way past the point of failure, you're actually going to go into injury. And so that side of the curve is distress. And it leads to fatigue, exhaustion, um, illness, and finally just breakdown. And so that side of the curve is what I want to talk about tonight is chronic stress. So when we stress our bodies, we, and then we take a day after we exercise to let our body recoup, and then we go back and we exercise again, We've, we've given our body the ability to build itself up before we stress it again. But chronic stress is stress that's built on top of stress, on top of stress, and we never have the opportunity to relax. And so what I want to talk about is, is, the, is what we can do to manage stress and, and put ourselves into a relaxation response. 
when we're stressed, our, um, our uh, heart rate goes up, our blood pressure goes up, our respiratory rate goes up. But when we in, enter into a relaxation response, those go down. So our, our breathing slows down, our heart rate slows down, our blood pressure goes down, and we are able to relax out. Let me tell you a couple more things about chronic stress. When we're under chronic stress, we switch on our fight or flight mechanism. In medical terms, that is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, or HPA for short, and I'm going to use that term. So we turn on our HPA axis, and it stays on. And when it comes on, it starts dumping out cortisol and adrenaline. And the, and is, and it will stay continually on under chronic stress. And what happens there is that our immune system is depressed. And as a result of that, you have uh, increased infections. So you find out that you get colds a lot easier. You may notice you get uh, chronic sinusitis, uh, tonsillitis. Um, uh, skin infections, things like that. Uh, there's decreased wound healing. Uh, there's actually an increase in cancer growth. And then there's an increase in chromosomal aging. So on the ends of our chromosomes, we have little uh, caps on them called telomeres. And those telomeres actually are shortened up under chronic stress. And so it shortens your life, essentially. And, uh, and, and it increases your aging. And that's all due to chronic stress. Chronic stress, is it's estimated that chronic stress will underlie 75 to 95% of disease. So all the chronic diseases you see, autoimmune disease, um, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, um, Alzheimer's disease, um, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, all of those are due to chronic stress and an underlying chronic inflammation in the body. Last week I talked about the fact that a lot of the people get, that are being infected with COVID-19 and are going into the hospital have obesity and hypertension and diabetes because they're under chronic stress. So what, what can we do to induce the relaxation response. There are a whole bunch of modalities. I do not have time to go over them, but I'm going to present two of them to you tonight just to kind of prime the pump. And um, uh, the first one that I, I want to talk about is mindfulness. And uh, I think you've probably heard that term thrown around a lot. And I remember when I first heard it before I went to the fellowship in integrative medicine, and I thought it was some kind of, you know, mindful, meditate, admire your navel kind of thing. And, um, and so, but mindfulness is, is a lot different than that. Let me talk a little bit about that. I went through a, uh, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course. It lasted eight weeks. And um, there's no way that I can give you eight weeks of information in the next five minutes. 
So I'm going to stick to a, a few short a definition and three little things for you to take home, and I want you to write them down tonight. So first of all, mindfulness is an awareness of the present moment. And in that present moment, we're going to pay attention to things in an open and a kind, discerning and non-judgmental way. Now there's a saying that if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you're living in the future. If you're at peace, you're living in the present. So mindfulness is composed of three things. Number one, write this down, intention. You can practice mindfulness all day long and in any situation. So let's say um, uh, you're, you're driving out on the freeway and you get a flat tire, you pull off to the side, and there are several ways to react. But if you are mindful and if you are in that moment, you're going to look at what is my intention here. Intention is, why are we doing what we're doing? So how am I going to react with that flat tire? What is my intention? Why am I doing what I am doing? Am I going to stew and throw a fit? Or, I, or am I going to get on my phone and, and call the Firestone man to come help me change my tire? Or am I going to change my tire? What is my intention? It sets the compass of your heart. It can be the same thing as a vision or a goal or your aspiration in that moment. What is my intention? Number two, attention. Paying attention. It's present moment awareness and it stabilizes your mind enabling you to see clearly. You're paying attention to what you see, what you hear. You're paying attention to what your emotions are. And then the third thing is your attitude. Acceptance, kindness, gentleness, curiosity, compassion, and non-judgment. That kind of an attitude. Or your attitude could be something different. But in mindfulness, you're going to choose those. If you do not practice mindfulness, you are practicing mindlessness. I was reminded of the uh, of Jesus and the disciples in the boat on the Sea of Galilee, and the storm comes, and the boat's filling up with water, and the disciples are bailing it out, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. And they're crying out, Master, Master, don't you even care for us? And He gets up and He rebukes the wind, He rebukes the waves, He rebukes the storm, everything goes silent. And then He says, you are fearful and you are faithless. And he could have gone on and said, you are mindless instead of being mindful. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that we have the mind of Christ. They had the mind of Christ in the boat at that time. And it wasn't until they called on Jesus that everything became peace. And that's what we can do in mindfulness is that, in fact, what mindfulness is in, in, a, in a Christian uh, perspective is walking in the Spirit. 
And your attitude becomes the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That fruit is going to come out of us because we have who living in us? The Holy Spirit is leaving us, and we have the mind of Christ. And so when we practice our intention, what is our intention to glorify God? Attention, what's going on right now? Pay attention to the Word. Pay attention to the circumstances. What is the Holy Spirit doing at this moment? And your attitude. Is your attitude gentleness? Is it kindness? Is it self-control? That is mindfulness. Along with mindfulness goes meditation. And um, there is, uh, let's see, Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Um, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. And so what we have is we don't have to be conformed to this world because we have the Word. And the Word is what we put our mind to. We are mindful of His Word. We meditate on His Word day and night because we practice mindfulness all the time as we are going. We're not dwelling in the past. Oh, that person offended me. And we're not we're not fearful of the future. Oh, what's going to happen with all the coronavirus infection going on? But we abide and dwell in the present, in His presence. The Holy Spirit lives in us. He's with us all the time. He's our constant friend. He abides with us. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. He is with us. He'll never leave us and, and never forsake us. So I'm going to give you two things that you can do starting tonight. These are things that I do every morning and every evening and as many times during the day as I need to, but I for sure do them in the morning and in the evening. The first one is called 478 Breathing. It's very simple. All you do is you give a big exhalation, empty your lungs, and then you breathe in through your nose for a count of four. And then you hold your breath for the count of seven. And then you blow that breath out to the count of eight. And do that for four cycles. Breathe in for four count, hold for seven, breathe out for eight. It is, doesn't matter how fast you do it, but it does matter the ratio of the numbers. Now, why is a breath important? Because God gives us our breath. And it's interesting that the Greek word for breath is pneuma. The Hebrew word for breath or wind is ruach. And both of them also mean spirit. So God breathes spirit into us, and every breath that we draw is a breath from God. And so on my next one, on a meditation, I'll be talking about the fact that we center in on the breathing, and it draws us into 
a single focus and you don't have to think about things that were going on or swirling around in your day. So the 478 breathing focuses on your breathing. And what happens when you do this? When, when I was taught this 478 breathing, uh, our, our instructor is Dr. Andrew Weil. In fact, you can Google 478 breathing and uh, you'll get number one hit will be Dr. Weil's YouTube demonstration of it. Um, it says you cannot be angry while you do this. And so you start that breathing and your respiratory rate comes down, your heart rate comes down, and if you had a blood pressure cuff, your blood pressure would come down. And then your total body begins to relax and you induce the relaxation response. And that starts discharging all of the stress. The second thing is a, is a meditation um, that I put together and I've made it available to uh, the church and everybody watching. Um, Jake has put it on the podcast. It's called the Psalm 62 Meditation. And you can go to that meditation and just follow my direction. And it's based on Psalm 62, verses 5 and 6 that begins, and it's out of the New Living Translation, so it begins, Let all that I am wait quietly before God. And you focus on your breathing in and out, and you say silently to yourself, those words, and you enter into His presence, and you come before Him in quiet. And then you find out that He's my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress where I will not be shaken. My hope is in God, and my soul is quiet. And you will relax out, and you can do this as many times as you want. So like I say, I have my quiet time in the morning, I do 478 breathing, I do the uh, Psalm 62 meditation, and then I start my day totally relaxed. When I go to bed, I do 478 breathing, I do the Psalm 62 meditation, and sometimes I don't even finish it because I'm asleep. So that, that has to do with chronic um, stress and uh, a couple of things that you can put into effect right now. There's a whole lot more to it, um, and if you want to know more, get in touch with me and, and I'll talk to you about it. The next, uh, the last, number four um, goal or uh, health pillar is restorative sleep. And so I kind of ended on that, didn't I? So I, I do my meditation when I go to bed, and then I go right to sleep. Shakespeare kind of had it right when he wrote Macbeth, and he has the character Macbeth say, sleep that knits up the raveled sleeve of care. And that's what sleep does. It's an opportunity for us to go and rest, and our body is knit up from the cares of the day. As a matter of fact, your brain actually has uh, little cells in it called microglia, and they do... They're like the housemaids of the brain. They go in and they clean up your brain while you're sleeping. And by the way, it's even more effective if you have a, over a 13-hour fast from the time that you eat dinner to the time that you eat breakfast the next morning. You'll really get a good house cleaning if you do that. Insomnia is the most common sleep disorder in the United States. About 45 million people suffer from insomnia. And um, 
insomnia is either uh, having a hard time going to sleep and or waking up in the middle of the night and oftentimes not being able to go back to sleep easily. Insomnia actually is a lifestyle issue. Insomnia is driven by stress. So you have stress, you're not able to fall asleep. And because you're not able to fall asleep, you have more stress. And then you associate all of this stress and not being able to fall asleep with the actual act of going to bed and not being able to fall asleep, and that adds more stress. And then you, you fall into a problem with chronic insomnia. And, and it's kind of aided and abetted by the fact that there are a lot of myths about sleep out there and a lot of uh, myths about what to do about it. And the most common thing in the medical world is to give someone a sleeping pill or a benzodiazepine, which actually destroys the architecture of sleep. So um, the world doesn't help us either, because what we live in a 24-7-365 world, there's lights on all the time. You could exist in a totally lit atmosphere all the time if you so chose to do, and a lot of people do it. Shift work, terrible, uh, because we were meant, we were created uh, with a circadian rhythm, a day-dark rhythm. Um, and so uh, if you mess up that day-dark rhythm, then you have problems with sleep and you, and you have dysfunctional sleep. If you have uh, poor sleep, then that is going to be linked to increased risk of infection, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer, depression, a lot of mental illness. But sleep and disease is a two-way street. So you can have sleep that actually causes a disease, but then you can have a disease that messes up your sleep. And so it's a, it's a, it's a circle and it keeps going like this, and, and, uh, and you know, feasting on one another. So I'm going to give you a, a couple of quotes here that you might want to write down and think about. The secret to a good night's sleep is a good day's waking. So if you're managing your stress during the day, and if you're practicing um, meditation, uh, breath work, uh, progressive muscle relaxation, there's a whole bunch of other modalities I'm not going over tonight, then you're managing your waking day. If you're putting your eyes on Jesus and you're running the race with endurance, looking to Him and meditating on His Word, then you are, you are building your wakeful day. And then that's going to lead in to a very functional sleep at night. You cannot go to sleep. We use that term a lot. But you just can't go and will yourself to sleep. Well, I'm going to go to sleep. Sleep is actually a um, surrender to wakefulness. There's, there is a sleep drive built into us. And when we come to the end of our day and it's time for bedtime, then we surrender 
to wakefulness in order to enter to sleep. And that's actually an act of faith because you are surrendering, surrendering self in order to go into sleep. So I'm going to give you a, a few points that you could do in order to have restorative sleep. And it's all based on a, on a noise model. So we have body noise. So if we are obese, then you can actually suffer from um, obstructive sleep apnea, which also uh, robs you of sleep. But it, it, it hinges on those first two pillars I talked about. We can have appropriate nutrition for our body, and we can have appropriate exercise, and that's going to reduce our body noise. You may be even uh, need to, in the short interim period of time, is to use a um, some kind of a sleep aid, a natural sleep aid. Uh, there are a lot of herbal sleep aids out. Um, so, for instance, uh, valerian is a very common one, hop, skullcap, passion flower, and there often be a mixture of all of those, which are very, very effective um, uh, aids to sleep, and you can, you can get them off of Amazon. Uh, but those are things that you can use to decrease body noise in order to go to sleep. The second thing is to reduce mind noise. And that has to do with your beliefs about sleep. There are a whole bunch of myths about uh, what you can do to go to sleep and, um, uh, and other inhibiting behaviors like um, alcohol. Oh, yeah, if I just drink alcohol before I go to bed, that'll make me sleep. Um, but it also destroys your sleep architecture. Um, and, um, but there are other things you can do to re decrease mind noise, like meditation, like I said I do. Um, and, and that will put your mind at ease, it relaxes your whole body, and you drift off into sleep. Progressive muscle relaxation is where you tense up, for instance, your calf muscles, and hold that for about 30 seconds, and then release it and relax it. And then tighten your thigh muscles for 30 seconds, release it and relax it. Tighten your abdominal muscles, release. And it's a progressive muscle relaxation that allows your whole body to relax. And then, of course, breath work. And, and um, maybe doing four, seven, eight breathing and looking uh, and paying attention to your breath. Environmental noise is the other thing that you need to work on. And that is your environment. Cool, dark, quiet. Um, comfortable, safe, and uh, light exposure. There are a lot of people that uh, are on the computers all the way up to bedtime, or they're watching television all the way up to bedtime, or some, and I'm not looking at anybody, some watch TV in their bedroom, or work on their computer in bed. The bedroom should be reserved only for sleep not for work. Because we have a normal circadian rhythm, you should establish a routine for going to bed as much as you can. So mimic uh, the sun going down in your home. So as it progressively gets later at night, dim the lights in your house. Um, quiet the noise in your house as you approach bedtime. Maybe you take a shower or a bath to relax you. 
uh, and have a regular routine as you go to bed and, and reach the bedtime hour. It also helps to have a normal rising time each day. So those, those that go to work every day are going to have a routine in the morning. They got to get up at a certain hour in order to go to work. For those who are work at home or work on the ranch or retired, you should set some kind of a routine for rising pretty nearly the same time every day, even on the weekends. And have exposure to first morning light. Light is what's known as a Zeitgeber. It's a German word, and light is used to switch us on in the morning and, and tell the body that we're going into our waking period now. And that's why you don't want to have exposure to light late at night because it shifts the secretion of melatonin later into the night and melatonin helps you to go to sleep. So like I said, I do 478 and uh, the Psalm 62 meditation every night and I have no problem going to sleep. And when you make these practices your routine, then you dispel the stress in your life and you are putting yourself in the presence of God and you are um, initiating the relaxation response and you are boosting your immune system. One last thing is, um, interestingly enough, uh, the Fitbit has a, a sleep analysis mode on it that I have found very, very useful. It'll give you a sleep score. It will analyze um, all the different phases of your sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep. And it'll give you the percentage of time that you spent in each phase of that sleep. It will tell you how much you slept, how much time you were awake during the night, even when you're turning over. And, um, and it'll give you a good foundational understanding of what your sleep is like. So, Psalm 4.8, I love this verse. It says, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, makest me dwell in safety. So, the Lord is all about giving His beloved sleep. And we can know peace, and we can know safety, and we can rest in Him. So I've talked about diet and nutrition. Um, there's a lot of information out there. If you need anything uh, more or you want to discuss it, I'll be happy to discuss it with you. We've gone over exercise and how important it is. And even just getting out and walking for 30 minutes a day. Remember, walk your dog even if you don't have one. And, um, and it, will, it will optimize your immune system. We talked about stress reduction tonight and how to get past the, the world squeezing you into its mold and telling you that you have to be a certain way to fashion you to its own image. But we can be fashioned to the image of Christ. And then lastly, restorative sleep and how to um, achieve that. So, hopefully you can go out now and, and uh, prosper. In fact, there's another verse I just uh, thought about. It's Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it 
day and night, that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So I, I speak success over you Amen. in Jesus' name. Pastor? Praise God. Good stuff, good stuff. You know, what, what, what did you call that thing that's at the end that you, makes your... Telo what? Telo mirror. Hey, I'll start praying that over y'all. Have long and bless Telo mirror. That's impressive. Nobody will know what I'm talking about with y'all, but bless God, that just sounds really good. But you know, come on, folks. This is the reason why we've done this, and I think that you know we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this and and work with Dr. Brown and some more because I'm not trying to. We're not. You know, it's like the gospel. You know, the Bible says that 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 uh, the whole principle of the gospel is to bring us peace, right? And you have people that want to, you know, well, don't talk to me about Jesus. I don't want to hear anything about that. Well, you know why? Because there's something going on in their life they don't want to change. And I think it's the same way with our, our physical bodies. We keep thinking that we can pray and ask God just to fix everything and we can keep living like we want, but that's not the way God intended it to be. And you think about your bodies that he created this amazing thing that we take for granted that you go to sleep at night and get restored, right? I mean, you know, there's so many things I've thought about. I've talked to the Lord about it. It's like, how, you know, I mean, of course, you know, I got a, my own little simple way. I say, you know, how, why did, how did you figure all this? Why did you do it this way, you know? I mean, because sometimes I get to work and I think, man, what if we didn't have to sleep and we just work 24 hours a day and then, you know, bless God, think how much we could get done. And then I think, well, you know, gosh, he wants us to go to sleep. The one thing I didn't hear you say, unless I missed it, is there a number of hours of sleep that is supposed to be like key? Really? So you would think that the older you get, you need more sleep. You got more to restore. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't that figure the older you get? I mean, we all got aches and pains. I mean, dear Lord, you need more time to restore. No, but the older you get, the less hours you need to be restored. Okay, but six to eight hours. Eight being a, the number, but six to eight hours of sleep is what it takes to to restore you. Now, I praise God because I've always had the ability to sleep. I can sleep standing up. And, uh, and I really believe it's because of my life of growing up on, on, and ranching like we did, we always went to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, or at the latest you were watching the 1030 news because we didn't have an iPhone to go to to see if the weather, what the weather was doing. You went to see the news, you went to sleep, and then you got up at, at daylight at, you know, 536 o'clock. And you, and I did that all my life and I developed that pattern. And so, you know, come 930, 10 o'clock, man, it's kind of hard to get me to do anything. And I could just, I mean, I've been able to sleep on airplanes, um, you know, matter of fact, when we went on our trip to Ireland, I, I went to sleep on the plane and the, the stewards, they were trying to feed us and everything. I said, no, no, I don't want anything to eat or anything. I said, just give me a bottle of water and I'll be fine. And I said, if I'm, if I'm asleep, make sure and wake me up to, for breakfast, okay? And the, the stewardess came over there and tried to wake me up and could not wake me up. I was asleep. I was out. Finally, they, by the time we landed, man, I got up. And I was like, oh, man, I slept good. My wife's like, are you crazy? How did you sleep? I was like, man, I can sleep anywhere, you know. So praise God for that. But it's important. And so 
take heart. Everything that Dr. Brown has taught us, all you got to do is put your foot forward and start taking a direct a move in that direction, and you're going to start to see success. Amen? You don't have to go be running a marathon by next week. You just got to get going in that direction, all right? And if you've been battling with sleep and problems with sleep, problems with stress, take these things, start adding it in there, start going, start getting a goal, and then, man, you're going to start seeing success. Amen? So I believe it with all of my heart, and I believe that we need to have him back, and I need to keep teaching on these things. I really, we've talked about this, we've discussed this, that we really want to have a waterhole healing center here that would do both things, miracles and just physical sense. And so um, I believe this is the start of all of it. And so Dr. Brown's going to be here. You want to talk to him, call him, talk to him, visit with him here at church. Uh, there's some other things we're toying with. We're going to get coming in the future. And so, uh, you know, like maybe a cooking class. We'll see. We're going to make this all work out. But I'm just going to keep on. Don't think this is two times. You're never going to see him again. Get used to his face. You're going to see him more and more. Amen? Will y'all stand up? I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over your offerings tonight. Uh, we've got the buckets in the back of the church. You can drop your offerings if you have an offering tonight. If you're sending in your offerings, God bless you. It still works. This prayer still works over you. You honoring God, no matter if it's sending it, via, you know, whatever the, through, over the internet, through, you know, however you're doing it, God's still going to bless you. He's not like so mechanical that you have to do it a certain way. So he's going to bless you. So let me pray over you tonight. Father, I just declare tonight, everyone in here, everyone out there watching, I just declare, Lord, that we're going to get into these four pillars of health into our life. Lord, we're going to walk in them. We're going to, we're going to, de- we're going to declare tonight that we are taking new steps in the right direction. Lord God, in our, in our diet and what we're eating. Lord, in our physical health. Lord, in our, in our mindfulness. And Lord, also in our sleep that we're going to have restorative sleep in our lives. And so I believe and I pray that over everyone, I pray no one is discouraged. I pray that everyone is encouraged tonight. I declare tonight that people are going to have sweet sleep because they're going to put some of these practices into play. Lord, you're going to begin to open up their eyes and show them some of the things that they've been doing that are wrong. You're going to let them understand and have a, a knowledge of, man, I need to quit doing this. I need to change my ways. And as they do it, Lord, the blessing of God's going to come upon them. I pray, Lord, tonight over the offerings and the, and, and the tithes that people are sending in, I just declare that you are such a good God that in the midst of trials, in the midst of traumas, in the midst of all the things going on right now, Lord, you are a God who blesses. Lord, when you already sent a Joseph before to save all of his people through a horrible seven years of drought, and I just declare, Lord, you're doing the same thing with us. You've already sent it before. We've already been blessed before so that, Lord, it comes into our hand at the time that we need it. And so, Lord, I praise you for it, and I thank Thank you for blessing everyone tonight, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you.